edit everything out that it doesn't belong. I'll do it this That's time. the perfect opening. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Bracket, a podcast where we take our favorite films and have them battle it out to see which one will reign supreme. Each episode, we have two films battle it out. We banter, we bicker, we battle Star Galactica. We are your hosts, Rich and Francisco, and our tiebreaker, our producer. 64 movies, only one winner. On today's episode, we have Interstellar versus Back to the Future. I'm not doing that again, okay? I'm already sweating. <laughs> I'm already sweating. I don't do well in confrontation. I hate reading in public. Well, good thing you're in private. And then in public. Yeah. We're never doing a live episode. I'm letting you guys know right now. If we have enough people to do a live episode, we're doing it. Fuck. Right now we have six listeners. Fuck so it, dude. Let's, let's buy them lunch. Let's <laughs> buy them lunch and then have them sit. Just have them sit down and just have them laugh. Put a laugh track out there. Yeah, right? Have a live audience. Did you say one year in the back? That wasn't funny. <laughs> just a bunch of bickering. What are we doing here? <laughs> we paid for this. They just gave us a bunch of waffles. <laughs> there wasn't even syrup. In the blue corner, movie being released in 1985, director Robert Zemeckis with a score of 8.5 on IMDb, a critic score of 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 94%. Actors Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox, Leah Thompson, Thomas F. Wilson, and Crispin Glover, winning the award of Best Effects and Best Effects Editing, and it was also nominated for Best Writing. Screen writing directly written for screen, best sound and original song. Uh, the director also released Forrest Gump, Castaway, and Beowulf. We have Back to the Future. I forgot about Beowulf. Yeah, no one likes. I think that. everybody forgot about yeah. Beowulf. In the red corner, movie being released in 2014. Director Christopher Nolan. With a score of 8.6 on IMDb, 71% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 85% audience score. Won uh, Best Achievement at the Oscars for Best Visual Effects. It was nominated for Best Written Song for Motion Picture, Best Score, Best Sound Mixing, and Production Design. Uh, director Christopher Nolan also directs The Dark Knight Trilogy, Memento, and Doodlebug. We have Interstellar. Wait, Doodlebug? I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say Inception. No, but I want to have that one joke movie in there. Oh, okay. But Christopher Nolan doesn't really have a joke movie. Wait, what's Doodlebug? I have no idea. You just... You have no idea? Is, is it, it a it's movie? On, it's on his IMDb. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was probably like a fucking Handycam movie he did in the, in the 90s, but... We should do a review for movies like that. For, for really, terrible movies. For terrible movies for good actors. Oh, I mean, for good directors. directors. I didn't realize how much Robert Zemeckis directed. The guy who did Back to the Future. He did Monster House. Mm-hmm. Like, I was going down his page trying to find something bad, and he doesn't have a lot of bad movies. Yeah. Beowulf. Beowulf's a pretty easy pick, though, once you see it. Mm-hmm. I think I've only seen that movie once. But there's a reason for that. I don't think I ever finished it. Okay. Um, so, the first time you watched Back to the Future, what were your thoughts? I loved it. I loved Back to the Future. Um, probably the first time I saw that movie was around 6th grade 
maybe even less than that. Fourth grade, maybe. What year was that? <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> 2008? 2008? No, probably Jeez. not. No. You said junior year? Sixth grade for you. No way. I graduated in 2008. So if you're sixth grade, that would mean that that was like 2005, Four, maybe. Five. All right, so it's been 13 years since your first watching till now. Mm -hmm. I've probably seen it 40 times since then. Sounds about mm -hmm. fair. You know, they, mm -hmm. they showed a lot in movies. And it's just, it's just a good film. You know, um, a lot of callbacks, a lot of um, foreshadowing in that movie, if mm -hmm. you really pay attention. Mm -hmm. And not only in the film, but in between films. You know, uh, the first one hints a lot to the second one, and the second one really hints at the third one. Um, and I, I like that, that amount of detail for a movie made mm -hmm. in 85? 85, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it also has a, it has an argument for one of the best villains of all time with Biff Tanner. Biff, yeah, dude, Biff's a scumbag. Mm -hmm. Like I remember watching it today and being completely like, this shit would not fly in today's society. You 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 tried to rape a girl. Like that's that scene is super dark. And then you know, skip to the end. Chris Glover gets to play the hero, but I was thinking about it today. The the most recent time watching it. Is I never noticed that the story is not just Michael J. Fox's story. It's also a love story about Chris mm -hmm. Lover and Leah Thompson. Because, you know, most movies don't have the love story as, like, the third most important storyline. Mm -hmm. in, one, in one hand, I mean, it is the most important storyline, but it's not what they focused on a lot of the movie. A lot of it was making sure the DeLorean was going to work, trying to figure out how they were going to get the lightning to work. There was a lot more that had to go on in order for everything to work perfectly, but I never noticed how much of a love story was told. And how great of a love story is told is actually really, you feel it at the end of that movie when you see George's payoff of mm -hmm. finally standing up to Biff. Right. You see how much of a effect it has later on in life. And then to bring it back to the beginning part of the movie, when George is telling, I mean, how Marty's telling his girlfriend Jennifer, I, can't, I don't want to stand up in front of the, the people, I can't, I can't take, take rejection like that. Mm -hmm. And then when he goes to 1985, uh, 1955 and sees his dad... He's the exact mirror image of his mm -hmm. dad. Right. His dad he, has all these great talents of the writing and the storytelling, but he's afraid of rejection. So when, you know, George finally stands up to Biff in the story, it gets paid off later on in the movie where he's actually the writer now. He's doing all sorts of good things. And it shows when a parent's successful like that, how uh, the effect they can have on the kids. Because mm -hmm. then the kids are both doing really well. His older brother and older sister. The effect that it has on everybody to have a parent that's stationary versus a parent that's actually going out there and trying to do something, that movie does it a very good job of explaining that. I mean, there's a little bit of continual, continual continuity issue when you have that storyline because if you're a successful writer and you're having a lot more money and your kids are a lot more successful, they're not all going to live in the same house. They're not all going to be living you know, in the same neighborhood necessarily because you're going from like a standard ready... Uh, like eight hour job to being a successful writer there's a different definite pay difference there so it, it's i mean it's still an 80s movie so you're giving it credit for it but i think that there was a couple continuous continuity issues that i noticed as i'm trying to pay more attention for the flaws mm -hmm. um but yeah i thought biff basically really good villain one of the be best villains in a movie ever he looks like trump 
Wow. He does look like Trump. He he does look like Trump when in the, in the first scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he 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 goes into the future. Especially yeah, when he has his little walking stick and his hair mm-hmm. is all crazy. Well, even even in in the present, you know he uh he was kind of a bully. He was you know he had that hair thing going on. That sweet uh, sport jacket. Yeah, it's it's great. But I I do want to add on to what you said about um. The love story, I think just the whole the whole movie and the way it, it was told, um, it's really great. Um, I like the little hints of uh, of the mom throwing in the dinner table. Oh, uh, this is how I met your father, and this and that, and then you really see what what was going on. It's and, so good. And why was why he was in the tree? Right. Um, He's a peeping top. Exactly. It's um, such a good line. I, I I really like the little hints that they throw for you, and then. If you were paying attention, you would get a lot of, uh, yeah. what is it called? Um, Callback and payoff. Yeah, payoff. That's, that's, that's the word I was looking for. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I really wish they would, they would, they would show you how, uh, how Marty, I always want to say Morty because of, because uh, of Rick and Morty. Which is funny because that shows based off of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really wish we had a little more backstory of how they met. Um, yeah, it's kind of creepy when you think about exactly, it. Exactly, you know, because all you see is is um, Marty just going into his in, into his house and right. turning off all his alarms and all this and that. Which and is a really cool scene too. It's a great scene. Those clocks are so creepy. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I just really I just really wish we we knew how they really met each other because you know he goes to the past and meets him there, but right. I don't know if maybe yeah, Doc, it is a weird thing to not ever explain how mm-hmm. those two people meet. They do give you the idea that Marty's kind of a weirdo, like he doesn't get along with everybody, because mm-hmm. he only really meets Jennifer at the school, and he and he meets his band, and he meets the principal, but he doesn't talk to anybody else. But he, but if you see him, he looks like he's you know one of the cool kids, you know he he's riding cars on a skateboard, you know has a, has a nice girlfriend, stands up to the principal and stuff like that. Right. So to not have more friends because you're choosing not to doesn't really fit in in my opinion right that is kind of weird yeah definitely nitpicking though yeah no for sure it could easily be solved with one line of just like Hmm. and then i met i don't trust anyone yeah some some shit like that yeah i think the movie has a lot of 80s nostalgia too which i mean it's in the 80s but it made me think like a lot of movies from that time weren't um so much period pieces they were all about adventure Mm -hmm. and exploration Mm -hmm. because you have et in that time you have you have Back to the Future. You have these movies that are that are get out of my town, get out of my my safety, my safe spot, and go and explore things. This one explores the future. Other movies explore space, but the '80s had a weird exploration to them that I don't think a lot of movies now have that same feel to them, where every, everybody's trying to get away. I think why it's because there were so many more questions about space and and time travel mm-hmm. and what we could do. Wonder. Um, just perfect example in that same, you know, I don't know if it's the first or second, but they said by 2015 or 16, we we're going to have flying cars already, mm-hmm. which it just takes you uh, to the mindset that they had that in, 85. In, in 20 years, you know, we're doing this and we're, is it 30 years? 30 years. Uh, we're doing this and that. And then you come here to 30 years later and it's just, you know. Yeah, it's a different feel for sure. I was also thinking, um, Jeez, I, I lost my thought. No, I fuck. Um, 
<laughs> I, had, I had a really like good add-on to that, and I just lost it. Um, damn. Um, something that I really enjoyed about the movie was um, the chemistry that uh, Morty and, and Doc have. For sure. Um, and that's something that in other movies you really see, sometimes it doesn't work out, just how, how, they, how they work with each other. If you can really see that, you know, this, this isn't fucking... 60 year old guy talking to this kid in high school and it's not creepy if you see the movie or even if you think about it but they just have that relationship of like maybe mm -hmm. grandfather and son where um they go on these adventures so i got the thought okay so there's a really good scene of the mother sitting at the table and trying to say uh this is how i met your father mm -hmm. he was so sweet dad hit him with the car do 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 you find out that the real truth is that he was peeping he was doing all that shit mm -hmm. But you also find out that when Marty's talking about his girlfriend and going parking, mm -hmm. the mom's like, oh, I would never park right. my boy in a car. And she and would never chase like, him, too. Yeah, I would never chase a boy. I would never call down a boy. And then you go back to the, the 1955 storyline, and it's the complete opposite of that. And it makes you think, like, your parents lie to you about a lot of stuff as you're growing up oh, yeah. to, to try to protect you. Mm -hmm. When really, they're just trying to protect you from the same mistakes that they made exactly yeah so i don't know it's one of those things where like the parenting could be a, a done differently so it made me think about my life and how like the lies that i was told mm -hmm. and then the lies that other people were told like as you grow up you find out that everything is not the way that your parents tell you that it is and most of it is in fear to protect you and i thought that the movie does a great job mm -hmm. in doing that without being without nailing you over the head with it without trying to make a point let me ask you this and i'm just asking you because um because I, I don't like our producer. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm asking you because you're the only one that, uh, that actually has kids. How many, how many of those lies that you know now are lies that your mom or dad said? How many have, of those have you said to your kids? None. None? Wow. The only lie I have, I have my kids on right now is Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Okay. I'm, I'm doing my best to not sugarcoat the world. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids thinking that like they're going to go outside and people are actually going to give a fuck about you. Right. Um, I think it just doesn't serve you anything to think that there's handouts and all that stuff. You're not special. Um, I'm not saying you're not special because I definitely tell my daughter that all day long. Wow. But I also try <laughs> to give them the idea that, that it's not like that I'm a perfect person. I tell my stepson all the time, like, hey, man, I don't want to be doing these certain things either, but we have to deal to do them in order to be successful in life. I don't want to work Saturdays all the time. I don't want to work a bunch of overtime, but that's the stories you have to tell your kids. Like, this is just the way it is. Like, you can't just, mm -hmm. you can't keep them in the dark. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I, there's certain parts about everything that you don't want to do, but, I mean, you have to think about it. Just be honest. Just keep a rule with your son. You just grab him by, by the shoulder and, like, you know what, son? I can't pay the bills this month. That's how... <laughs> At certain points, yeah. Like, why can't we get fast food? It's like, well, we don't have an extra $10 to burn right now, guys. Right. Like, keep it real. Um... For the most part, I applaud you for that. That's I, I, I don't think I could do that. I mean, it's heartbreaking because you, I, I, especially being a parent, you want to give your kids everything. But I mean, you also have to keep it in perspective to, to the kids. You can't make them think that it's mm -hmm. free. But back to the movie. Sorry, I. No, I know. I, it was going to be a tangent if we did that. I had to have my uh, my sidely sidetrack. Back to the movie. Back to the movie. Back to the future. Back to the past. To the future and back. Um, fun fact about the movie, during the, the guitar scene, where he's, where he's showing the, the talent show mm -hmm. critics, that's actually uh, Huey Lewis in the news. It's a, an 80s band. Mm -hmm. um, 
I never noticed that until I saw it on like one of those like VH1 like you missed it kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think about that during the movie because I don't know who that band is, but I think it's kind of cool that they that they had they so many so many references in the movie. What's your favorite part I, about the about the movie or or the franchise? Because it is you know, like I said in the beginning, it's it's one of those movies where like they they really are tied together by all the things they do. Something and I noticed this uh, a little something that. They've done in the in the first movie really altered the second one. Um, remember Tween Pike's Mall or whatever Lone Pines and, and Twin then, Pines then, Mall. Then it, yeah, when they go back in time to the fifties. So yeah, that's, that another, was, that's another thought I had. Is you were saying how things were different in the in the the mindset of a of an eighties mm-hmm. child when they were seeing things. They're like, oh, we're gonna have flying cars in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. But then if you go back to the nineteen fifty five scenario when he crashes the DeLorean in the barn mm-hmm. and the kid has a comic book and he just sees the DeLorean crashing the barn, he's like, it's obviously an alien. Mm-hmm. Shoot him. Like he's already transformed into a human. Like the mindset of like fear dropping in and being like, dude, this car is obviously not from this planet. Exactly. We gotta kill him. Like just a weird mindset loss. I think there's a lot of great moments in those movies that, that are super funny. I always love the quotes. Mm-hmm. When he when he goes, great Scott, that line always gets me in the movie. I always try to quote it for the kids, and they just laugh at me. <laughs> then you have the um, the original, the first jump when he sends the dog into the time machine, mm-hmm. and the and the you know the fire tire marks go following through, which is always super sick. And then he goes, Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. <laughs> that line always gets me. Um, just a lot of quotable moments in those movies, and then the, like the principal too. When he meets yeah. the principal in the hallway. The principal's a savage. <laughs> and he's all, you're just like your father, McFly. Yeah. And then you see him when he goes back in 1955, and he goes, Jesus, Principal Strickland, did he ever have hair? <laughs> it's so good. I like those quotable moments. I just, something I, I really enjoyed about just Back to the Future is, it's it's a family movie that, you know, everybody could watch. My right? kids I, love I, that movie. I, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it with, uh, you know, with my parents when I was when I was younger. I've seen it with a lot of people. It's just it's just a movie you can you can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's set in the it's set in the eighties, but it feels so you know like universal. Like, yeah, like it, for its time, it's still a very good movie that you can still relate. Yeah. Like some of those problems are still some of the problems you have now, um, and and I really like that. I really like how how uh, how that movie's done through. What, 30, 30 years? Yeah, 30, 30 different time, uh, 30 years of time difference between the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking too, is a lot of what makes this movie great is the Alan Silvestri theme. Mm-hmm. Silvestri, he's actually um, a monster when it comes to music scores, and I'm actually kind of like a music score like junkie. Mm-hmm. So instead of listening to like a new album on, at work, I'll listen to like the Interstellar theme or the, the Back, Back to the Future, Future. theme. Um, Alan Silvestri also does the theme for the, the Avengers montage mm-hmm. so like every time you hear like a theme that you recognize it's usually a, like a list of five people whether it's Giacchino John Williams uh, Hans Zimmer or Silvestri mm-hmm. like almost every time you hear a catchy theme it's it's one of these few people right and I didn't even know Back to the Future was Silvestri until I started paying attention this this most recent time watching it because um, that soundtrack carries that movie for the most part there's mm-hmm. so many like just the opening song The Power of Love like it's kind of the theme of the movie, and it's a super catchy song too. So anybody who's watching it, walking through the room, is gonna stop and be like, "Oh, what's on TV?" Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, very good song. Very good musician. I agree. What's something you don't like about the movie? Hmm. 
anything time travel I'm going to have complaints about because you can always poke holes in the continuity. So without getting obvious about the continuity issues, I think the, the only other things that bother me is the editing and the lip sync moments. So you have Johnny Be Good at the end of the movie, Marty McFly is doing his whole jig and, and guitaring away and all that. And you can tell that they, that they it's not him doing the music. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. Right. But they don't even have the, the mouth lip sync even close. Mm -hmm. And the guitar, like at the end, he's, he's do, supposed to be doing this crazy thing. You literally crazy just see him like holding his hands right. over all the chords. And you're just like, all right, well... I'm not a guitar buff at all, <laughs> but I know that that's not the note you're supposed to hit. Mm -hmm. So, like, just a little bit better, like, which is one thing with Coco, the movie that came out recently, was um, the director made sure that they followed the fingers of every guitar solo. Mm -hmm. It just means a lot more to the viewer if you see the person actually trying to do that versus just going through the motions. What's your complaints? My complaints? Not, I don't really have any. I think I already mentioned, I really wish... Uh, you really had a little more backstory about the characters. Um, but even even without that, you still see their chemistry and still see that they really care for each other. Mm -hmm. But I, I just I really want to know how they met each other, you know? It's, <laughs> it's funny, too, because you're the guy who always likes the simple storyline and you're complaining about a pre-story. Yeah, that's true. A pre-story issue. I just always have questions. What's your favorite moment? I don't know if I got you on yours. Uh, I think that, that guitar scene at the end... That's your favorite uh, moment? Yeah, because like he's, you know, he's he's there jamming it out, and he's like, you guys don't know this yet, but your kids are going to love that. Yeah. And I think that's such a, such that's a, a cool line. classic scene, yeah. you know? That's like, a good one. And then you, ha then you have uh, Martin Berry on the phone with <laughs> with his, his cousin, and you're like, eh, I guess Chuck Berry can get his inspiration from Marty <laughs> McFly. It's kind of like the, again, into the continuity issue, where you have who impregnated Sarah Connor the first time in, in Terminator? Like, how is she having a kid with the dude from the future if there was no future to begin with? Wasn't it, without getting too off, uh, wasn't Whoa. it that he, <laughs> se he sent her to impregnate his mom? Don't talk about the Terminator. That's another episode. Is it? We don't yes. have Terminator on our list. Yeah, you do. Really? Yes, you do. For real? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm not mad about it. All right, I well, mean... same continuity issue is if Chuck Berry got his inspiration from Marty McFly... Did Marty McFly go back to the future the the first time Chuck Berry made up the song? Anything with, you know. Maybe. Continuity gets starts to get a little brainy. Mm -hmm. um, oh, never mind. No, I didn't think it was. I was thinking of Transformers. Transformers is on it, yeah. We had, T, we had T2 almost on the list, but we yeah, cut it out. Um, how about Billy Zane's A Thug in the 50s? He's one of like the guys in the in the diner who comes in with fifties Biff to pick on George. Oh, right. Billy Zane's like the guy in the background, and then uh, the scene where like he, he takes the kid's scooter and busts it off and turns it into a skateboard and, and rides around the town real quick, which is awesome. I, like, there's got to be like a Universal Studios set where that's actually a place, because that that city is that little townscape is so cool. But the scene where he's skateboarding around, and then he uh, he like jumps over the car and they crash into the manure. The only time my daughter laughs the entire movie. It's like. They get the maneuver the, the dropped whole, on yeah. him, and he's just like, hey, poop. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to recall the Universal thing. Um, I think the only thing they have, they have the DeLorean, and you can fit up to, like, four people. And all it does is just moves you up and down, and there's a screen right in front. Right, and but I'm talking about the entire town. Like, you know how they have cars laying I don't, I don't think I saw that in, in there. I think they just had that little ride. Damn, that's such a missed opportunity. When's the last time you went to Universal? 
fuck, a long time ago. Because I think they might have not had that anymore. The ride I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, dude, the last time I went to Universal Studios was... I was, I was 13, so I'm 24 now. So, so the last time you went to Universal was one of the first time you saw Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I went home and saw the movie. I was like, I really like that ride. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, that's how about the references in today's movies to Back to the Future? They're everywhere. You, you have a whole show yep. we are just talking about. You have you a whole have show. Rick and Morty. Rocket League has a DeLorean car in it. It has the DeLorean car in it. It's, it's What's that? Ready Player One. Ready Player One has a DeLorean in it. Jesus, I forgot about I that. I want to say even even Dragon Ball Z stole stole that uh, uh the concept because uh, now that I'm watching Dragon Ball Super, they're right now at the whole like time traveling. But even even though the you know the Trunks and the Android Saga, there was a lot of uh, Back to the Future and, and really yeah yeah it was he he traveled back in time just to save Goku. I know it's you know but it's. A, yeah, lot, a, lot of, a lot of movies. I don't know if the Japanese people are stealing Back to the Future, but it's possible. Back to the Future has got a huge oh, following. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto just put a, an update. Where you can they do have the DeLorean in Grand Theft Auto as well. Yeah. yeah. They just did that recently. So. Uh, you so know. I literally saw this morning. before. before really? No, it's, it's been out for a while. It's hey. been out for almost... Oh, never mind. It was like maybe a year and a half ago that they, they, they put a... Oh. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's, it's a four-year-old game, you know, like. A lot, a lot of their updates are not really being out there as much. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're good. I was also thinking there's one movie that you that you both forgot for callbacks to Back to the Future, and it's one of the best movies of all time. Is it in our list? 1,000 Ways to Die in the West. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Literally an audible burp when he hears 1,000 Ways to Die in the West. Because you see the, the barn scene where oh, Seth yeah. MacFarlane walks in there and he goes, it's a weather experiment. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that movie. I haven't seen it, but I saw the trailer. Oh, well, never mind then. Were you serious about it being the Not, okay. no. Okay. I couldn't tell you Star Trek. Damn. Alright, so what was the, uh, who had the better cast? Oh, sorry, we need to move on to Interstellar now. Yes, you do. Interstellar, what's up? What's your favorite mo moment in Interstellar, uh, No, I'm, I'm trying to, this is, this is the thing. Interstellar is one of those movies where, because I like a movie that makes me think, mm -hmm. but this movie really made me think, and it made me think so much that it really put me away from the movie, mm -hmm. that I think that's why, like, till this day, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Interstellar. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, I, I get the concept of the movie, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a planet, you know, it's, it's our planet, and we don't have food. Uh, we've used all our resources, you know, you have a degree and they're still having you fucking work in a farm. Um, I get all of that, but after the whole takeoff scene and after everything that they go through where, you know, they get this, this planet and get a little drama here and there, I don't, I don't really get the movie, you know, like it looks like three different movies at, at once. And and I if that really pisses me off. <laughs> that really pisses me off. I'm, I'm being that serious. It I it's either you keep it on Earth and you try to like I don't know like do what the Martian did where like you go to fucking Mars and you try to do something there, or I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that really piss me off about this movie. And so what did you like? <laughs> Anything? I I like that scene and where you really find out what that what's the name of that robot? Uh, Tars. Yeah, in case. when when they go Those to that are my plant, favorite characters in the whole movie. Yeah, where um, 
where they go to the planet where it's all water and you really see what he he can do because mm-hmm. before that all he all he was doing is like stumbling around mm-hmm. not really doing much having a cute scene here and there but he was but, t- he tased uh, matthew mcconaughey the first time he sees him yeah but you know that that's it They're supposed to be military like droids mm-hmm. basically and you really see the 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 capabilities of what he can do mm-hmm. um so that was really cool what about the intensity of that scene though that scene is yeah, that, that's that's the the scene I like. Um, I did I did get on board with like, oh, an hour here is like or whatever it was an hour here is the like right, the theory of uh, relativity. Mm-hmm. I, I I like all that, but it's it's not a movie I can just sit down and just just watch because I'm like oh no, hey it's these it's, movies are completely different exactly. genre when Ex- it comes to they're both time travel movies but the genre t- difference is is crazy it, it's like. It's, it's like watching like Game of Thrones in the background or The Office in the background. Mm-hmm. Where you can turn on The Office, fold some laundry, and be cool. Yeah. But if you're watching Game of Thrones, fuck the laundry. We're doing laundry in the living room on exactly. the floor. Exactly. Like, there's, it's totally different storytelling. So with Back to the Future, obviously the comparison to The Office, you can turn on Back to the Future, walk to the other room, come back in for a smile, and continue doing whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Interstellar, Game of Thrones, they force you to sit there and watch every single moment because you feel like you're going to miss something. Yeah. And that's... I mean, I, I like the movie. Um, great cast. I, I do think mm-hmm. the cast is way Super better than, than Back to the Future, but it's Ooh. it's a Christopher Nolan movie. That's what tough. do you what do you expect? Yeah, Christopher Nolan gets the same like. Yeah, six it's, it's kind of like Tarantino. Movie. He yeah. he gets the same actors, and then yeah. they work well. They work great together. That's something that uh, I I did like about this movie. I thought the cast also worked very well. Right on. Um the the. The scenes with the with the dad and, and the daughter really 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 hit home mm-hmm. i was really trying to find a you know when they say uh put everything upside down i was trying really trying um when the dust storm comes in and they put the bowls and everything is like a rule is putting right. it upside down i was really trying to find a a sim- symbolic quote to that movie well that's uh, just what they had to do literally in the dust bowl back in the day too. I, I understand but with with a movie like that where everything they say feels like it, it means something I was really trying to find a meaning to put everything upside down, and I really didn't. I was like, okay, uh, yeah. maybe the whole, because you know, at the planet they had this donut thing, uh, where like they were living. I'm, I'm probably reaching a lot. Uh, yeah, you might you might be overreaching on that. They re- I think what they were really doing was showing the the influence of the Dust Bowl back in the day, and like the when. You know, it was really tough to live in America. Well, that's, that's and everybody was dying of whooping cough and all that stuff. Well, the, whooping cough I, th- I think that was part of what the movie was saying. The the conditions are so bad mm-hmm. that you have these huge uh, dust storms. Dust storms in what was it, Minnesota or I don't know where they were. Where, yeah, where were I they? I don't know where they were geographically. If it's cornfields everywhere, it's got to be somewhere in middle America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a weird point though. I never thought about that where they were actually at. But they they were at a New York Yankees game mm-hmm. in that one scene against I don't remember the other team. Maybe. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, but they were showing, like, uh, John Lithgow has that moment where he goes, we're the real ball players. Mm-hmm. It used to, used to mean something to be at a ball game. Like, that was a good moment. Um, That's how I feel about the movie. How do you feel? Cause I, 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 I love Interstellar, and it's not one of those movies that I loved the first time seeing it. Yep. Like most Christopher Nolan movies, it, it grows on you with time, um, with the exception of a couple. Mm-hmm. A lot of them take you a couple of listen, a couple watches. So if you like watch Insomnia the first time, you don't really love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with like Memento or The Prestige. It takes you a couple times before you actually get the whole grasp. I love of the, the Prestige uh, first time in. Really? Yeah. I'm just I, dumb then. I didn't get it at all. I I thought it was such a great movie. Yeah. Um, we have that on the list. Yeah, though. we have it on the list. So it is coming up. 
Um, I think keep going. I think which you are right though that there's three different movies in the in the story because mm-hmm. the first act I was trying to like gap it out in my head. The first act is almost completely horror because mm-hmm. you have the dust storm. You think everybody's gonna die from sickness or plague or something, and then you see him start to like see like the weird ghost that they were calling it in her mm-hmm. room, and you know it's probably him the first time you watch the movie. Because no, you know had, it's a I, magical movie. I had no clue. Really? I had no clue what was going on. Oh, I've, pretty much everybody <laughs> I've talked to about Interstellar said that they predicted that Matthew McConaughey was the ghost. Um, I, I felt that way kind of too. I didn't say it 100%, but I kind of like had the feeling where it's like, it's probably something we're going to find out later on in the movie that has to do with him. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's responsible in one way or the other. I definitely didn't predict the book room of the future and the past. That's kind of weird, and I, I always get a little bit... Like a step back from that, um, I think that's what turned me off about that movie. That's just last last scene. Yeah, it's really weird. But the first, like I said, the first act is completely horror. The second act is like um, like adventure, and then the third act turns into complete survival. Mm-hmm. So it is completely different beats throughout the movie. I see what you mean. Um, the one thing though with this movie and the editing was like awesome mm-hmm. because you have that one scene where they're trapped on the the tsunami planet, which is just hyper intense. One of the most intense scenes of the whole of the whole movie in most movies. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes back and he realizes how much time has been lost and he's seeing, yeah. he, he's seeing like the, you know, the scene that everybody makes a meme of where he's watching the TV and crying. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing his transformation through all these years and how everybody's grown without him. It's kind of like when you, you leave a group of friends for a while and you expect everybody to stay the same. Just, and you see yeah. him again a few years later and they're not the same. He went over it for 30 years and that's kind of, a lot more heartbreaking, obviously. No, nothing stayed the same. Everything got crazy. And then once you see the edit of Jessica Chastain finally shows up to talk to him for the first time in like the the computer, the I don't know how they do that radio transfer moment, but basically she says, "I was the same age. I'm the same age now that you were when you left." Mm. And then it breaks, and it's eventually into her time period. Mm-hmm. So you skip 30 years on Earth, and it jumps into her being an adult. And that edit scene is so well done because you don't miss a beat. You're like, oh my god, now now we have to figure out what's going on on Earth. Because now she's 30, now she's working with Michael Caine's character, and now they're trying to come up with this theory of gravity. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally different movie at that point, but it's it's a great edit to do that do it that way. Because they easily could have done some bullshit where you saw her growing over time and, and growing with her. But in order to do it this well, they had a, like a snap of the fingers where it immediately changed into that time period. I thought that was really well done. Worst moment for you? The bookshelf scene. Really? Yes. I just, I don't know. It's, it's something about that last scene that really triggers me every time. And it's... A what the fuck moment? Yeah. Or how the fuck Please moment? explain that. Okay. What I don't if, have an answer for you. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you, since you're such a, such a believer in this movie. Okay. What's your intake on that last part? Like, why is he there? And why does it have to be books? Um, the best way I can explain it, and this is definitely biased explanation, um, it was for the story of the movie. They required some way to have a portal between worlds. Mm -hmm. Matthew McConaughey says to the robot TARS, we didn't build this dimension. Somebody smarter than us, more advanced than us, built this dimension. They're just allowing us to use it. And the only way that they could allow Matthew McConaughey to use it is if they used a portal that he was familiar with. Mm-hmm. So into his daughter's room, the whole movie is really the story about the love he has for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into flaws later with that, but a lot of what the movie was, 
was the connection to this world and then the future. Whoever was helping Matthew McConaughey's character mm -hmm. had to find a way to make it possible. And there's really no good way to do that without using a DeLorean. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to time travel in a movie without making it completely blatant. Mm -hmm. And this movie tries to do it, like, a little soft-handed. And they don't, you know, they don't make it completely easy for him. I think that that scene, the first time I saw the movie, I agree with you 100%. I kind of hated it, too. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest, like, this is the explanation. How right. are we ever going right. to get it's, to this point? It's such point? a cop-out. Because you see him go into the black hole and you're like, well, no way he lives. Like, we don't know what's happening inside the black hole, but he's flying into a black hole. Mm -hmm. You have to assume he's going to die. Well, yeah. And then you see him into this bookshelf of life. That's what I called it the first time. And I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense. That's beautiful. Bookshelf of life. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. But it also, like, is the only way you can do it in the story that, that Christopher Nolan is trying to tell. Mm -hmm. He's trying to make it seem like it's impossible but somewhere in the future we can get to that point where we can be in all five dimensions or six dimensions. I know it's kind of a wishy-washy point, but do you I agree with you that's kind of a, a weird. Do you think when Christopher Nolan was... Did he write this, mo this movie as well? Him and his brother Jonathan, no Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan wrote it together. Like, this is, this is what I'm thinking. Like, at the end, he's like, I really don't know how to fuck. I'm going to end this scene, but I'm just going to have him fall in the, in the black hole, and then he's going to be in the bookshelf, and that's what's going to save us. Well, no, because he already had the connections to the bookshelf the whole movie. Well, that's easy. You just well, no, I'm just kidding. No, no but that's how that's literally how I feel. Point. That that's how I feel. Like I feel like he's like I didn't know how to like finish this movie. I'm just gonna add this last scene at the end, and let's this, let's let's make let's make it look really pretty, and maybe it will some somebody will think this is a symbolical scene, and um, let's hope it works. Well, the, the only reason I, I I'll not let that happen is because he has the ghost. <laughs> In the like the first thing his daughter tells him that there's a ghost in here. There's a ghost in my room. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously a crucial part to the story. He didn't just come up with it out of nowhere. This isn't J.J. Abrams and Lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> like trying to come up with solutions to problems. I do. I do know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So the the bookshelf was always the idea. I don't agree with the idea that it was the only solution. But uh, but I I'm on the ride. This movie's it honestly is actually very very simple storytelling. You it's weird because it goes through time periods. But it's very much Matthew McConaughey from point A to point B. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't. I don't know how many people you can really talk going outside and just be like, "Can can you define the theory of relativity?" And I don't know how many people will be like, "Yeah, it's it's this and that, and it's you know that what's time here? It's not the same time in fucking outside of space." That's 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 some. You're right, but because he has his children at home, they beat you over the head with explanations during the movie. They literally say it like five different times. We just lost a year. We just lost ten years. They come back on the show. No, I the, get it. And the black dude's like literally looking like he just died. Right. And you're like, how long has it been? And you hear Tars over there, and he's like, it's been you know. But how 30 many years. people? How many people do you really think are really gonna know what's going on? No, I'm not saying that before you see the movie, but that's like saying you know I there's I'm I, I can't think of something right now, but there's a lot of movies that explain what they're doing as they're doing it. Back so, to the Future is a good one. So Avengers Infinity War, just real quick. You, he, they explain really quickly to somebody who's never seen Avengers why those stones are so important. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the same thing. If you would ask somebody what's the reality stone before you go to that movie, not a lot of people are going to be able to tell you. Okay. Unless you saw the other Avengers movies. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, But um, just, just think about this. Uh, remember that scene with the dog and, and the, 
in, in Back to the Future where he sends them back two minutes before. Jesus Christ, Doc. Right. Disintegrated Einstein. Exactly. And he literally explains, I just literally sent them two, two minutes in the future. Yeah. And that's it. And you were like, okay, well, that's all I need to see. And now I understand what's going on with this DeLorean. He has to go 80 miles. Uh, it takes this. It takes that. I, I know what's going on. With, with Interstellar, you really need to have a couple, a couple, you know, good years in high school. To, to at least understand. I, I only disagree because... <laughs> to at least because, understand. No, but I disagree because it doesn't matter to the viewer what's happening. You're seeing the age difference with the characters. You know that, that Murphy, the daughter, isn't the little girl anymore. She's grown up, so you no, know time has passed. Right. You don't have to understand exactly how relativity works to know that 30 years has passed. But you don't think that's something that... Uh... You know, while you're in the movie, you're like, what's going on? Like, I really want to know what's going on. The only on. time I'll give you that is the, is the bookshelf scene. Because that's the only scene that's really, really weird. Okay. How about how about the, the, the water planet, though? How sick was that water planet? Yeah, that's... The, <laughs> it, it was... That waterfall? It was, or the, the tsunami? The tsunami. Goes, that one's going the other way, and he turns around, and it's like... 600 foot wave looking at them. Right, and, and, so and, well it's, and it's basically like up to their knees or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's, that's something that I thought was... That was super cool. And that's when Hans Zimmer, my boy, comes in hard. It's one of the best soundtracks of all time. 100%. Because without the soundtrack, that scene's kind of boring. Another um, something else I want to bring up is um, before... What was it, like a week ago? We were talking about this movie. We, we really try not to talk about it just because we... We like to have our ideas here fresh, but you did bring up that Matt Damon was in that movie. We haven't gotten the flaws yet. No, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but that's it. that movie is so oversaturated that I totally forgot he was in that movie, and he's a mm -hmm. big part. He's a huge part. He's a huge he's part. part. He's part of he the almost, survival Yeah, act. exactly. So, I, I don't know. That's There were so many things crammed in there. Well, let's get the negatives then, because Matt Damon's a huge negative for me. There it is. That's a huge that, negative. That's, yeah. My the oversaturation of cast and and story in in what was it two hours two it's hours and two a half? hours and thirty nine minutes. Okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a it's long a lot, time. It's a lot of movie, which is which is great because I watched Back to the Future right before it and it was like an hour twenty five. I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah, all movies should be this long. Mm -hmm. But when I sit down and try to watch a, a two hour movie, I'm like, all right, I gotta have all my my, my stuff ready. I can't be moving around because you know the second you pause it, it's gonna be over. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm not back. biggest flaws, for sure, Matt Damon's casting. Cast anybody else in that role, and I would have been okay with it, but because it's Matt Damon, not anybody. Why? Because he's so recognizable. The same problem you have with him being in The Departed. Mm -hmm. He takes you immediately out of the movie, and you're like, oh, it's Matt Damon. But, What's yeah. Matt Damon doing now? Like, you, you cast somebody who's a little bit less um, obvious of a casting. Like, the Zach Levi lookalike guy. I don't, I don't, I, I think I'm going to have to disagree, just because... Um, that's the point of the show? No. Because the... You weren't expecting that. You weren't expecting for him to try to leave you on the planet. Um, right. And, and I'm, I'm going to turn uh, your words against you. On the, last, on the last movie, you said something about how Matt Damon's always one character. He's always the good guy. And he's always the good guy, yeah. exactly. And I think that's what they were shooting for. Right. Uh, they were trying to make him look like the good guy. They're and hyping then, him up too. Yeah. Everybody was like, "Doctor Man's the guy. Yeah, He's the exactly. smartest one of us." Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's that's why they chose some someone that you can relate, because anybody else is like, "Oh, I don't trust him." 
but you know you're like okay it's Matt Damon. But it also I, took I me out of it too because they the the change of his character was so. Abrupt. It was yeah. Because like you're walking around with him and you're like what the hell are they looking for like you don't exactly. even understand what they're looking for and all of a sudden he's like time to die and kicks him off the ledge and you're like wait a minute I was barely paying attention because it was Matt Damon and I was just assuming he was the good he guy. He was gonna yeah he was gonna say I wasn't funny. listening to anything he said the first time you watch it you miss all of the fucking hints he's giving you mm -hmm. that's like. The robot wasn't actually working properly. Right. It was trying to tell us false information. You see why he does that. It was just, because it was Matt Damon, I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. Because I just assumed he was going to be Matt Damon. Okay. That's fair. So maybe it's my flaw, but that's that's a big one for me. What's another one for you? Besides the bookshelf of life. I have a huge one. It pisses me off to this day. Why is it when he's leaving the town, mm -hmm. he's about to drive off, and uh, John Lithgow's character goes, Tom will be okay. Your son Tom will be okay. Mm -hmm. You have to square things off with Murph. You have to make sure she's okay. Okay, John Lithgow. Until you start seeing the videos of Tom sending, Hey, Dad, we just had the kid. I wanted to name the kid Cooper, you know, after you. But I couldn't. The wife wouldn't let me do to do. Mm -hmm. Then you find out that that kid dies. Super sad. He calls his dad again, like on the verge of tears again. He goes, Dad, I think we got to stop these talks. You know, this isn't really working out. Misses his fucking dad. Like, obviously it wasn't going to be okay to just ignore your son. Right. He needed more love, too. That shit bothers me every time I watch it. Then you find out when they go into the future, and Jessica Chastain's talking to him, the newer son's name is Cooper. Like, obviously, the kid need like, Tom needed a hug. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my, at the end of that movie, I was like, why didn't, like, why did they just blow his character off? Tom needed a hug. Because, like, the whole movie really, like, in a nutshell, is the love he has for his daughter Murph. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, you have those scenes where he's in the bookshelf alive, he's all, Murph, don't let me go! Like, those moments, super heartbreaking. But you, you left a kid completely out of the story just for no reason. I think it's one of the worst story writing parts of the whole movie. You think it would have been better if he was not included in the story? I don't think he serves any purpose. So, Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Okay. That's you, fair. No, I, I'm not. I'm not arguing. It's just. I, it just doesn't make sense for his character to be in the movie at all. If he's just going to be a throwaway character, and then he's a weirdo villain later on in the movie, where she has to burn his crop field. He, she, Jessica Chastain mm -hmm. has to burn his his cornfield in order to distract him, so she can hang out in her room longer. Like, what sense does that make other than just like to make the movie two hours and a half? They just needed a little. But like, you're just you're just intensifying that scene for her. Which, like, at the end of the day, that wasn't the exciting part of that scene. That's also when Matthew McConaughey is trying to dock, or he's trying to fight back Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. I think and you have this weirdo story back on Earth that no one cares about. That, and that's exactly why um, you have, you know, it, it's it's a thriller and a, and a drama at the end of the day, and slash sci-fi. And I think that's what they were shooting. You, there was nothing going going around on Earth, but you still have. These actors. But she could have easily just been in the room and not had Topher Grace outside next to the Jeep going, Murph, we gotta go. Like, you don't need Topher Grace in that role. You don't need Casey Affleck being a dick. Like, it doesn't serve the purpose at all, other than his kids. There's a so lot I'll of things. I'll give you the credit for the kids being sick that you're seeing as having an effect on human beings. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not a major story point at all. You're just seeing a family get sick. That's the only purpose he serves, really. Bothers me to no end. No, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I, I think... Since we've started talking about Interstellar, all I've said is it's mostly negatives than anything, so I don't think you need an extra 
uh, why I hate this movie. In, in, in the <laughs> but the intense moments are really, really good. No, the intense moments are good. The ride is it's a super fun. It's ride. a it's a good, well made movie. I just think I, I'm I'm not on flow with the with the storytelling, um, but great actors, um, great actors. Yeah, for but sure. That, but that's it. That's I I, I, don't, I don't really like the. You're the not story. giving the soundtrack enough credit though. Hans Zimmer kills it in this movie. The soundtrack in the background, that's, like that's what I'm saying though. Like, carry, is, well, it's kind of the same way that like Star Wars. If you're if you're watching Star Wars without music, yeah, but Star Wars didn't Star Wars didn't make me think. So no, but I'm saying just soundtrack alone. No, if that's what. I'm, but if you take soundtrack out of Star Wars, it looks like a fucking '80s, you know, terrible movie. But you put the soundtrack in there, you hear the the Jedi score, and you're like, oh my god, this is cool. The the mu music in these movies, especially Back to the Future and Interstellar, you can tell when that music's on. I I I, I agree. I just. This movie has so many things going on that the last thing I was paying attention was the soundtrack, and that's if you if if we're going back to uh, Back to the Future, as soon as something great happens, da 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 da, yeah. you know, so like you have that. I don't know if that was a song, but I guess probably you. not. <laughs> Sounded like the, the Star Wars theme. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying, like right. there, the music was there for for the moments that it needed to be, and on this one, there's so much happening everywhere on earth on the planet on this other you know thing the weirdo planets yeah you have all these skype calls telling you how you're such a bad dad like there's so much going on that i can't pay attention to the movie yeah it's to a, the soundtrack yeah it's a heartbreaking movie though i get really i get really sad towards the end too because you see him come back to the new establishment of life mm -hmm. and murph's an old lady and you're just like i, I don't know how i feel about that mm-hmm because, yeah, you can say he saved the world, but he didn't get to grow up with his daughter. And that bums me out how, super how hard. And this is, this is me. How mad would I be? And let, let, let's, let's point this scenario. Let's say I just lost 30 years with my daughter, but now I get to see the future. I'd be mad. You really? Being that I have a daughter, I'd be super mad. But you're the same age. You, you can make another daughter. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, if your daughter's about to die, what are you going to do? Just fucking sit in your couch? No. There's flying cars around. I'm going to fucking... I'm going to fly one of those. I, there's a whole life ahead of me. Well, I, I think the better metaphor you could have made was she was going to die if he didn't leave. Okay. So she was going to die regardless. There you go. There we go. Doesn't make it look like a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> you can have another kid. You can have another kid. Well, I mean, he's had a lot of uh, solar radiation probably, being out in space for that long. Probably have a super kid. Super kids. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that's uh, producer said today. Super kids. I think uh, the robots were probably the funniest stuff though in Interstellar. Yeah. The the robot scene where he's like, "What's your comedy settings at uh, Tars?" And he goes, "90 percent." He goes, "Bring that down to 75." <laughs> and then when he's setting the new bot at the end of the movie, the he's like, uh, "Put the com put the humor setting at 85 percent." And he goes, self-destruct in 10, <laughs> 9, eh, turn it down to 80. <laughs> it was so well done. Have we done ratings? No, we were going to do ratings after the vote. Okay. Um, I wanted to make sure we hit everything first. Um, better story, what do you got for which movie? Which movie has a better story? Not it's, more it's, simple. No, no, I, that's, that's why, that's why I was, I was going to jump and say Back to the Future. But simple's always better, man. 
I think simple right. is always better. Alright. One on one for that one. Um, which one had the better soundtrack? That's I mean, it's, it's a you. classic soundtrack against Christopher Nolan's choices of the best, you know, sounds to put in his movie. I'm going to backhand you. One to one. <laughs> Actually, I, no, I, that, I, I don't like know. A, I, like I, a null vote because Sylvester kills it in Back to the Future. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, as well. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, what was your rating before? Uh, the first time watching the first it? first time watching it, or, or the most recent you can remember? The first time watching Back to the Future, I say I probably gave it a a 7. You know, it was, wow. Yeah, because I, I didn't notice how many, you know, foreshadowing and how many callbacks they had until watching the movie, you know, m- more more recently. I was thinking that same thing, because I, when I was... Now when, I'll give it like a 8.5. I was thinking the first time I watched that movie, it was probably like... I wasn't really paying attention, so I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. But I was still watching it, so I gave it a seven point five the first time. But I didn't think you were going to go that low on the first viewing. Is yeah, that no, one of those movies that hits you that well? No, the first it's time? not. It's especially being what you know, being young. It's like, oh yeah, it's a Back yeah. to the Future movie. There's there's not a weird lot car, of things. Yeah, there's weird not story. a lot. Of, you're one not thing gonna... that's weird. Another weird. Uh, Christopher Lloyd looks exactly like my dad. Wow. Yeah. So when Christopher Lloyd finally dies, I'm literally going to cry. Because there's so many movies that he was in as a kid, like Dennis the Menace and Back to the Future movies. Did you think your dad was an actor for the longest time? No, it's oh. obvious that they're not the same person, but they have like the same like throwback hair and crazy like weirdo gestures. Right. My dad doesn't say Great Scott, but it'd be cool if he did. You can ask him. Have you? Yeah, he's, he said it once. Nice. Yeah, I oh. didn't say it. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be like the whole cast of that movie, like being at the 1985 when that movie came out, they're, they're all super old now. Mm-hmm. Like Michael J. Fox is dealing with his thing. Christopher Lloyd looks the same because he's weird. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird how he does look the same. I think they may cast him to look older, though. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, they had to because then they go back and he has to look younger. Right, makes so, sense. And they did that to Smart. a lot of the cast. Um, the dad. Uh, Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. He, um, I think he's he's such a good, I don't know. I don't know why I like him so much. Well, he's but, the nerd. Yeah. He's just getting made fun of for being like. But his laugh, his laugh is so... I don't remember his laugh. Like the the, the air it's laugh. Like, <gasps> <laughs> it's so funny. I, I, yeah. it's, the, it's the funniest thing I'm ever. Watching, uh, uh, science fiction theater. I can't I can't go to the dog. <laughs> beat it, nerd. <laughs> um, Great. What's your most quotable line from Back to the Future? I think you've said it like twenty times already. Great Scott. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a good one. There's not there's not a there's not a lot of great quotes in. There actually is. When he was talking to his cousin, the band guy. Martin Berry, he's talking to his yeah. cousin Chuck Berry. He's like, hey, I got that new song you're looking for. That's been quoted a lot. Has it? I don't recommend it. I like the Calvin Klein. Uh... Oh, that's something. Fuck. Right, Calvin that's, Klein. That's something that I also wanted to talk a lot about was the product placement in uh, Back to the Future. It's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere, dude. It's everywhere. How about the crush you had for Leah Thompson during that movie, though, the first time you watched it? The mom? No, I know who you're saying. Whatever, weirdo. The crush you had? The crush I had, probably. Okay. Whatever, weirdo. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He just doesn't like girls. That's a problem. (laughs) Did we talk about how he kissed his mom? Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, if if Star Wars got away with it, I I don't think there's there's another movie we can... (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think we can can really do Brother and sister made out. It's like, uh, well, then again, back to uh, Game of Thrones. Family's cool in the game. Yeah, and and I think that's why we've been... Exposed to so much 
incest now <laughs> with <laughs> with Game of Thrones and with Star Wars that now it's like, eh, you know, it's whatever. Uh, as long as they have, you know, a line that they don't cross. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm okay uh, with incest, but, okay but once you start making babies, I, I gotta, I gotta throw the flag. You better not hold the door, though. <laughs> I'll get super pissed. Uh, who, you said the cast overall is better in Interstellar? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll for sure. Yeah, and it's a bigger cast. I mean, but straight up, pretty obvious. We're gonna need to take this one to a vote. I think. What was weird is as I was watching Back to the Future this week. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing that happened with Toy Story and Shrek, where I thought 100% Toy Story was going to win. Mm-hmm. Starting watching Shrek again, I realized like I kind of slept on Shrek. Yes. And the same thing happened with Back to the Future, because I love Back to the Future. But I didn't realize like how good it was until I really started looking at it with a deeper eye. It, it, it's, it's on TV so much that you really just kind of shove it to the side. Uh, it's like, oh, it's Back to the Future is on. I was like, okay, like that's cool. But like right. if you like, if you're like, oh, fuck, it's on, like... It just started. Let's watch it. Let me put some popcorn in there. Um, I think producer. Yeah, oh. he's he's in love with my cat. I think that's where. Um, yeah, I think it does get kind of slept on mm-hmm. because it's so old. Too. It's so old. Yeah. So you've seen it probably. I've seen Back to the Future at least a hundred times. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies on my list I've seen over, what's your, over fifty times. What's your favorite Back to the Future? Can One and that? the other two aren't even worth, really worth watching. Right? Really. I'm like that with a lot of sequels. I, I actually There's very like, rare sequels I like. I actually like all three, and I, watchable. And, and, and I don't hate the third one. I actually really enjoy the third one. Yeah, that's fair. I don't hate any of them, but I mean, I'm not putting on the third one ever. I'll watch it if it's on, but I'm yeah, never no, no, putting no. in that third disc. One and two are I, the second one's really good. I don't. Second think one's it, pretty good. When's the last time you seen the second one? Probably ten years ago. I I think you gotta rewatch it. Yeah. Alright. So. Wait, my my tie tie Yeah, your tiebreaker. So I gotta do the the vote off. Um, what what are you voting for? It's one to one. Oh, he's it's obvious. It's he's obvious. Not. Yeah. Oh, Back to the Future and your Interstellar. 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 I can't believe you like you're still voting for Interstellar at the end. I was actually gonna let today decide because I I was telling the producer I wasn't convinced on either movie all week long. The, it just has so much. Back to the Future has so much to it. That it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't get given enough credit the first time. Maybe, maybe like, like, like I said, it's it's not even fair to put Back to the Future against Interstellar. But producer, seducer. <laughs> but yeah, I think okay. the, the main problem with it is that that the Back to the Future storyline is so simple, and it is background noise to me. So it's like when you think about the best TV shows of all time. I'm gonna bring it back to The Office and Game of Thrones. The Office is in that discussion with best TV shows of all time. I even mentioned it to the producer. If Back to the Future was going up against probably 40 of the other movies, it's going to win. But I just have a special place in my heart for Interstellar. Okay. He's really thinking about it. He just took out a... Wow, wow. scratches. He doesn't even know what he's picking. No, I think he's scratched all you're good you're convinced. <laughs> Alright, you ready? He's giving me a look. I don't think this is going my way. I, this I don't week. think he wants to look at you in the eyes. Yeah, this isn't going my way this week. And your winner, with a score of two to one, advancing to the next round of the bracket, Interstellar. <laughs> wow. In other news, we might be getting kicked out of the apartment. 
In other news, this might be the last episode. <laughs> I was, I was. Really... That's not even fair. So rating wise, my first rating on Back to the Future was seven point five. My most recent rating was nine point two. I almost, I'm having an issue rating all these movies against each other because not everything is on the same scale. Mm-hmm. So when I say I don't hate X Men Origins Wolverine, I'm not saying it's a nine point oh, but it's in like the seven ish range. I never would say that that's, seven that's generous, but okay. Wolverine is the seven of Back to the Future the first time I saw it. I can't believe Back to the Future's not moving up, dude. I'm really pissed. I like I said I'm not watching Interstellar again <laughs> against anything. <laughs> Maybe watch it again with the bookshelf of life scene in your head. Yeah, no, that's the, yeah. And then uh for what was your what was your newest rating for Back to the Future? I said nine point two. I think I did say it. I thought it was like eight, eight, eight point five or something. Eight, eight point five, newest? nine. No, wow. Yeah. I mean, I just, how many you. times have I seen the movie? Doesn't make it bad. Jesus. Eight point five. For and for which one? For Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your previous rating was seven. And then your original rating for Interstellar, you said it was like seven. Oh no, that's even lower. Oh fuck yeah, it had to be like four. Jesus, we have a hated movie. Ha- yeah, no, the first time I saw it, it had to be to four. Now that I, you know, I can get on board with some some of the things they're saying, I can give it a, a eight. Eight? Yeah. Because, like, like I, there is a lot of things that the movie provides that I didn't catch on the first time, like, um, that, that scene in the beginning where they're like, oh yeah, we're telling history how it's really told, um, and, you know, they're, they're changing history books and stuff like that. Like, I thought that's, that's something that... Oh, I meant to get into a whole flat earth debate over this. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not, but... <laughs> <laughs> we don't believe in the moon landing. But that, that's that's a lot of things that I didn't catch on the first time that I did. And, um, well, there, there is actually some significant evidence to say that the moon landing was fake. Oh, no, I, I, I can get on board with that. I'm not saying I believe it right now, but if you're, if, if you're like, yeah, we, we did it on, on, on the White House backstage. We filmed everything. I'd be like, okay, cool. What's weird is like I believe that they went to the moon. I just don't believe the video. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just, I'm just trying to remember the video. See you. I mean, well, because you always have those moments where it's like, who's filming this? Fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that deep into it, but that always like makes me question it because you have the one right, scene kinda... where he's walking down the steps, or you see the camera, but then later on they're in two different locations. Like, how many cameras do we have? Perfect example is um, Man vs. Wild. You know, he's that like struggling. Guy everything and then there's a meme where it's like oh yeah well i have to carry the camera and survive with you so but i got a sandwich mm-hmm. um so my my original rating for interstellar was 8.2 and it went up to a 9.3 upon further review but i really didn't love it the first time i saw it but it's definitely a good ride i didn't love it i liked it but what made you change your mind watching it a few times and, and forgiving the book life the book of life the book scene, of life the bookshelf of life scene just trying to justify it, really. I don't think it, it's so egregious that I it think... should really take a point, away a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch that movie, I'm always glad after I watch it. It's always a ride. Same thing with Back to the Future. But I think I had the same argument last week where the end scene, it's really what makes it for me in a movie. And in The Departed last week and in Interstellar, they just don't provide a good... Final scene. Right. It's, it's really showing our differences in movie taste. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm, I'll critique a movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, all day. What's weird is like the same thing with not to go into the Dark Knight, but even of my favorite movies have huge flaws that I ignore the, the flaw in order to get the other 90% of the movie. 
because mm -hmm. the 90% is so good, I'm not going to let 10% kill it. So again, yeah. Avengers. Avengers has one big flaw in it. I'm not going to let it take down my entire... Which one? The newest which, one. Which Avengers? The newest, newest one. Okay. It has one flaw I really don't like in the movie, but it's not going to take my rating from a 9 point something Can we seven. spoil the movie now, since it's been three weeks? We can do a spoiler review after this. Okay, perfect. Our next matchup... Alright, so... I feel like I, I want to give you guys the option for this one. I like it. I like so, options. Yeah, me too. So since since I, I tend to go off the themes with uh, with uh, the matchups, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to give you guys the themes and I want to see what you guys want to do with it. So the first, okay, so first one is going to be two movies about fatherly figures. Um, I think I know where we're going. Saving girl, saving uh, little girls. Okay. It's a weird when I put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I thought we already did Interstellar. No, <laughs> And then, um... Oh, is that what that movie's about? No. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, your, your second option is, the, the theme is, Zack Schneider movie. Oh. Give me Zack Snyder, because I want to watch Dawn of the Dead. You want to... Oh, I forgot he did that one. Son of a... <laughs> Worst <All right>. producer <laughs> ever! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... So if we're doing Zack Schneider movies, it's gonna be Man of Steel. Okay. Versus Three Hundred. I like it. That's actually a really decent matchup. That's a good matchup. So I, w I was talking to Rich about this one because I wanted to match up Man of Steel versus The Dark Knight to have our Not even fair. our our uh, Batman versus Superman. Like I said, the thrashing that would occur. But uh -huh. you know. Being the Dark Knight, being the Dark Knight, not even fair. You know? We almost, we, all, we almost should have done a bracket of like take out our top five best movies yeah, yeah. and then have a best for like number six on the a, team. A battle so, royale of yeah. all the, a battle royale of all the good movies, like the top five or ten that we have. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> you two years, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, just, just keep. <laughs> and, and then the other option that I told Rich, which he really liked and I really liked, but like same thing. It was I was gonna have Iron Man versus Man of Steel, because Iron Man started the MCU, whereas Man of Steel started the DCU. I don't have I, as big of a problem with that. Yeah, as, me neither. I think that's more of a fair matchup than just putting, but the, the Dark Knight obviously. But you have you, MCU, DCU. But like, just because it's the starting of a universe that one end didn't end up as well as the other doesn't make it bad. Those movies are completely singular at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the time. At the time, the only thing in Man of Steel that's DCEU is that you fucking go by uh, the Bruce, Enter uh, sorry, Wayne Enterprise's satellite in the sky. That's the only thing you see from DCEU in that movie. And I think I probably missed that now that you're mentioning yeah, it. Yeah, I never saw that. And you yeah. see Wayne Wayne Tower as well in the background in one of the scenes. That's the only yeah, no, connections I, you have to DCEU. I that super time. missed that. I love Man of Steel. Um, I don't. It's not one of my. It's not like Dark Knight, but it's a great movie for me. Again, great soundtrack. Hans Zimmer's always gonna win for me. So, Man of Steel versus 300. That's that's a good matchup. That's a, that's actually a really good matchup. That's a, yeah. I need to watch 300 again anyway. I was just I was just gonna say that I, 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 I need to watch 300. I love how we're not saying we need to watch Man of Steel, which <laughs> which gives you a no. But I watched a Man little. Of, uh, I watched Man of Steel a couple uh, months ago. I love Man of Steel. Aaron doesn't. Aaron doesn't like that movie though. I don't think I love. She hates on Superman. Yeah, she doesn't like a lot of movies. She she only likes movies that I hate. Yeah, keep it real. She only likes movies that I hate. Alright. Like, we were talking about La La Land, and me and Jose are like, yeah, La La Land is so good, and Aaron's like, fucking sucked. Like, no. whatever, Greatest Showman. I Explain just, to me why she likes The Greatest Showman and not La La Land. I don't like your wife anymore. I know. 
I didn't hate it, but it's just like it, in, it, comparatively, if you're gonna go musical oh. for musical, oh, oh man, you, shits. Did, did you watch The Greatest Showman? Yeah, we just watched it like two weeks ago. I'm so sorry. That movie was trash. It's not. It's not that bad, dude. I've never wanted to walk out of a movie theater so bad. No, man. Like, Greatest Showman isn't like that bad. Fifteen into the movie. either movie. Hugh Jackman's just so unlikable. That's the problem with the movie. He's just playing a bad character. Yeah, he's playing yeah. a bad guy, and it's like bad guys don't like bad guys get to win at the end. Fuck off. I'll, I'll send you a video about the, the Greatest Showman. Uh, that's today's show. So thank you for listening. And if you want to know what uh what movie's winning next week, you can just ask Rich right now. <laughs> every movie that he chooses will will win. I pick Shrek the second week. <laughs> I I pick Shrek. Exactly, you pick Shrek, and oh, that's why it go. won. Here we go. Uh, come back next time. Jesus, salty <laughs> fucking outro. <laughs> no, I do want leave a review. Rate it five stars. Yeah, like or it. if you really just want to know the bracket and which movies are going to win, just tweet Rich at, uh, what is it? At, Rogue, at Flippies All Day or Rogue Jedi with Rich. Yeah, and, and he'll, you'll, he'll have the final answers before this video even goes live. <laughs> Thank you so much and see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, oh, let me go take a pit.